Hi, this is Chris Falker. Welcome to this episode of the Campaign Tips Podcast. This is the Campaign Tips Podcast until I come up with a better name for it. For now, we're going to go with that, though. If you have any suggestions on maybe what we should call this, maybe campaign hacks, things to do if you can't get a job elsewhere, by all means, let me know. Uh, as always, shoot your suggestions and comments and feedback and certainly complaints from the show to uh, Chris at FaulknerStrategies.com. That's Chris, C-H-R-S, at FaulknerStrategies.com. No space or hyphen or anything like that. F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S.com. This Campaign Tips broadcast is brought to you by American Majority, AmericanMajority.org. Go to their website and learn more about American Majority. So what is American Majority? American Majority is an incorporated, not-for-profit, nonpartisan political training institute whose mission is to train, equip, a national network of leadership committed to individual freedom through limited government in the free market. Advocating true federalism, American Majority believes that national change begins at the state and local level. Toward that end, American Majority is dedicated to building a strong national network of leaders and grassroots advocates who aspire to increase freedom for individuals and freedom in the marketplace. Now, this campaign podcast, we're going to talk about how to really maximize your campaign's effectiveness when it comes to town hall meetings, rallies, and campaign events. All kinds of good stuff. All of us who've worked on a campaign before, or even if you just volunteered or just observed, all of us can come up with horror stories of things campaigns usually do at events that make them go poorly. So let's just take, for instance, you're working for a campaign or you are the candidate. You've been invited to speak to a group, uh, maybe a friendly group, maybe a not-so-friendly group. You go to speak. You fire up the crowd. They're energized. You leave them with this closing message, hey, come to my website at blah, 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 dot com. And come to the table over here where you can fill out a volunteer card. And then, of course, some people will come up and fill out that volunteer card question I always want to ask is what are you walking away from that event with? And what I want to do this week is I want to really delve down into the logistics of data capture. I want to talk about what the actual takeaway and deliverables are for these types of events. Because way too often in politics, we asked, uh, we asked stupid questions like, so how was the event? Oh, it was great. Everybody was pumped up. Well, that's nice. But what do we actually get from the event other than the kind of initial buzz in the room? which will immediately fade probably as people leave. Will they, what will they remember from the previous day? And more importantly, what information will the campaign have about the people that attended that event? So, recently I had the opportunity to uh, watch a, a good friend and client of mine speak to a large group of people. Doesn't matter what state or what office he's running for. He's in front of a crowd, speaks to 88 people. I know because I was in the back and I counted. 88 folks in the crowd. He gives his pitch. They're fired up. He pitches them some red meat. And by the end, they're eating out of his hand. They're ready to go. So he closes, like most candidates do. You know, and if you want to join our team, come to our website at blah, 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 dot com. Or please visit the table. I've got some volunteers in the back there. They'd be happy to get you a yard sign, bumper sticker, T-shirt, or sign you up to be a volunteer, or pick up some additional information on the campaign. That's the scenario. Now let's break this down and back this up a little bit, and let's come up with an ideal scenario. How can you take an event like that and truly just blow it up effectiveness-wise? Let's say, and, you know, it's a campaign, so we're not going to say that we, you know, know about this event months in advance, but let's just say for the sake of conversation, the campaign knows about this event two weeks. Let's just say a week, a week in advance. The campaign's already hard at work, and again, it doesn't matter if this campaign is for the state legislature, dog catcher, president, congress, or whatever. The campaign knows about this event, let's say, a week in advance. Maybe the campaign has a couple of volunteers. So ideally, what the campaign would do 
is email their volunteer list and let them know we have an event coming up at this location at this time on this day. Can you come join us and help volunteer at this event? And then what we ideally want to do is we want to outline some actual job responsibilities. In politics, too often we just ask people to volunteer. What does that mean? Are we asking people to you know volunteer to write white you know white papers on policy for us, or are they going to be putting up yard signs? Obviously, different folks, different strokes. People are going to have different skill sets. We want to make sure people feel comfortable about volunteering. I've always kind of considered volunteering kind of like an invitation to a birthday party. You may see it going on down there. You see the balloons and the cars, but you're not necessarily going to join in the activity unless you get the invite from the right person. Volunteering is very much the same way. So, for the purposes of this event that's coming up, let's say that Justin Fox is running for Congress. So Justin Fox is running for Congress, and he's got a campaign that's just starting to get off the ground. It's a grassroots campaign. He's got a couple of email supporters. So what Justin does is he goes ahead and emails his supporters a week in advance and says, I'm going to be speaking at this particular place at this time. Can you please volunteer for us? And what he does in that link, because he's already done his homework, he actually puts a link to three different YouTube videos. And what those videos are is Justin lays out and says, well, let's say his campaign manager. His campaign manager is Brian. Brian's the campaign manager and he says, we really need your help with this event. We have three very distinct volunteer job opportunities. Here's what we need your help with. Number one, the parking lot team. Now, what is the parking lot team? Well, they can click on the link and there'll be an actual simple, you know, you can shoot this with a BlackBerry or a flip camera or any video camera and upload this video very quickly to YouTube. And what we'd want to do is we want to have, depending on how many volunteers and the size of the event, but let's just say for the sake of conversation, two teams of two. Two groups of two people that would be in the parking lot at the close of the event with paper towels, some Windex or some water, and bumper stickers. Because, you know, everybody knows the dirty secret about bumper stickers on campaigns, and of course they actually hardly ever end up on an actual car. They end up in the bottom of your car, they end up on your kid's t-shirt, they end up on somebody's cubicle wall somewhere where people don't actually see it. So what we want to do is we want to facilitate the activity that's going to actually make the bumper stickers make it onto the bumper of a car. So Brian sends out the email to the volunteers, and the first link on there is to join the bumper sticker team. So Christy's at home. She looks at that, and she says, well, gosh, I'd like to volunteer, but I'm not sure what kind of volunteering is going to take me. What, what do they expect me to do? So if she clicks on the link, there's a quick video of them displaying how this works. And at the close of the event, as people leave and as they're fired up, the bumper sticker teams will be in the parking lot, and they'll have paper towels, the Windex, and some bumper stickers. And as people leave, they'll approach them and say, where can we put this bumper sticker on your car? Obviously in a friendly, not too pushy way. And what you're going to find, though, and this comes from experience, you'll have a lot of people who will be more than receptive about putting the sticker on the car. And again, we're not giving to them at a table inside and trusting in their wisdom and they're going to put it on the car later. And we're certainly not going to put it on their car without asking. But we're going to have people in the parking lot ready to facilitate that activity. Now, volunteer job number two. What we're going to ask is we're going to ask for a kind of a data collection team. And we're going to actually going to ask some people to bring in their own laptop. Now, of course, I know as far as volunteerism, is it you know right or even hopeful to expect that people would be willing to commit that kind of time and that kind of effort. Well, if we ask them to come for maybe just say an hour, because they don't need to even be there for the whole event, bring their own laptop, make sure they got a power cord and we can plug them in. And then as people are leaving, instead of filling out one of those ridiculous volunteer cards that half of us can't read the people's handwriting anyway, what if people stood in front of the table and very quickly our data entry volunteers tacked in their name, address, phone number, and email 
into a simple Excel spreadsheet. Then at the close, when everything is done, the campaign manager can walk through with a zip drive, save all those files, and walk out with the data entry done and solid contact information in hand. Wouldn't that be awesome? And again, we'll have just a simple, quick YouTube video where they can watch the actual activity being taking place. And we're going to remove that barrier of entry for the volunteer so they're not afraid of this actual activity. That's the volunteer job number two. Volunteer job number three, we're going to ask for somebody who's an amateur photographer to bring in their camera. So Larry gets the email, he looks at it at home, and he says, wow, yeah, I'd love to help out this campaign. I mean, Justin's a great guy. I want him to get elected to Congress. I've got a camera. I like taking photos. So Justin or Larry looks at the YouTube video and basically shows a picture of one person with a camera and one person with a pad of paper next to them. And what the person does with the camera is they take, of course, some candid photos during the event of both the people that are there as well as the candidate as he's speaking. And then the person with the piece of paper, let's say Sarah is there, Sarah is going to go ahead and she's going to write down those names and of course the email addresses of the people she took pictures for. And of course she's going to ask those people, hey, you know, if you support uh, Justin for Congress, you know, can we go ahead and use this picture? And more importantly though, at the close of the event, if, especially if this candidate's good and as people come up and they want to maybe take a photo with the candidate, Larry's going to take those photos, Sarah's going to take down the name and the email address, and then we're going to make sure that we email those people the photos within 48 hours of the event, and we'll be able to capture their data, we're going to make big friends out of them, and we'll have their email address. Three simple, concise jobs for volunteers. So back to my event, this event that I went to, what if, what if they ran it a little bit differently? What if we sent out the email before the event, we had three teams of two in the parking lot with bumper stickers, some Windex, and some paper towels? And what if we had four people who were able to bring in a laptop and set up Microsoft Excel and tap in some volunteer information to the close of the meeting? And what if we had a photographer who was walking around taking photos and then, of course, the person with the photographer writing down contact information? Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, gosh, you know, that's a lot of volunteers. It is a lot of volunteers. And you know, the good news is that a, can a great campaign with a great candidate with a great message, you're going to have not have a problem with the volunteers, but we really want to collect this data. So instead of the traditional pitch at the end there for the website too, what if we got past that? I mean, let's, let's face it, not everybody has an iPhone or a BlackBerry, but everybody does have a cell phone. What if the campaign utilized a simple SMS service, um, and I'm going to promote one that I unfortunately don't get any profits from, but I do use it myself. It's called Contexts. That's C-O-N-T-X-T-S dot com. That's C-O-N-T-X-T-S dot com. It's a completely free service. You can go in, you can pick up your own short code, and then you can text things to 50500. So, what if at the end of the event, the candidate, instead of saying, hey, go to my website, they said, the candidate, Justin, stands up and says, you know, if you believe in what I'm saying, if you believe in what I'm trying to accomplish, certainly visit my website and learn more. Now, I'm asking you, if you want to really get involved and make sure we take our country back, pull out your cell phone right now. And so the audience kind of, oh, what's, what's he going to do? So they pull out their cell phones. And then he says, if you want to join my team, text volunteer or text fox to, you know, in whatever it is the short code is. They text that code into 50500 with context. And certainly, and again, this is not the only free SMS service that's out there. I'm sure there are dozens, but this is the one I'm using in particular. They go ahead and text that information. Meanwhile, that service is capturing every cell phone number of the people that text in that code. So 
the campaign can go back that night or the following day or the day after that, and they now have the cell phone numbers of everybody that said they were interested in joining the effort, joining the team. They can now have another volunteer sit down, call through those cell phone numbers, collect the data on those people, as well as make sure they actually did want to be part of the team. Simple, very in, inexpensive way to do this. You know, back to my earlier example, too, about you know the handing out of the stickers and the signs and T-shirts and all this kind of stuff. I'm a big believer, obviously, in yard signs and getting those put out. But if you're going to have yard signs, you need to have locations. And maybe if you were able to get a couple volunteers with that laptop, it's before somebody takes a yard sign, make sure you get a physical address of where it's going. Because that address should be turned into a small, don small donor file, and that person should be mailed to for a contribution. So think about this from a, from a whole complete effort. My example was 88 people in a room, candidate does a great job, campaign walks away with 24 filled out volunteer response cards, of which maybe two-thirds are legible if you're lucky. The campaign also passed out probably 50 yard signs and 50 bumper stickers and a couple of t-shirts. But what do they really gain? What do they walk away with? Well, they certainly walked away with some good buzz, but the only hard, tangible deliverable they had were those 24 cards, of which, like I said, probably only two-thirds are legible. But what if they did all these other steps that I talked about? What if out of those 88 people, the campaign walked away with, say, 30 cars driving away with a bumper sticker on them? Or if they walked away with 65 names, addresses, phone numbers, and email addresses of people that signed up to volunteer? Or even half that. What if it was 30? They have all that contact information already set, direct from the horse's mouth of the actual volunteer, and it's already data entered. And what if the campaign was able to walk away with 50 or more cell phone numbers of people that said they want to get involved? There may be obviously some overlap between the people that sign up at the volunteer table and the people that uh, use SMS text to get involved. But all of these things, basically, the, the point being, these are just logistical points to make sure that you keep in mind every campaign event has value. You should start every event, whether it's a booth at the fair, whether it's walking in a parade, whatever it is, it has potential value, and it's up to you and your campaign to capture that value. So what are you doing to capture that value? What are you doing to collect data? What are you doing to follow up with potential volunteers? Unfortunately, the answer for most campaigns is probably not a whole lot of much. Okay, They're just not doing anything. They walk away with a good feeling, and that's it. We have to be more substance to that in our campaigns if we're going to be effective, especially if you're running a smaller campaign, a grassroots campaign where you don't have a lot of money. You're not going to just pass out yard signs willy-nilly. You want to know where they're going. You're certainly not going to just pass out bumper stickers either, especially if they're not going to make it on cars. This is a way not to make your campaign harder or more complex. This is a way to make it more efficient. Anyway, those are my random thoughts for the week. I hope all is well with you. Please, please, please uh, send me some, uh, some feedback on this podcast. You can find it now on iTunes, as well as the AmericanMajority.org website. It will hopefully be posted pretty soon. I would encourage some feedback from you, though. If you could shoot me an email at chris at faulknerstrategies.com. Let me know if uh, the audio is good on this, as well as let me know what subjects you'd like me to talk about. As I'm taking a look at my upcoming playlist here for different podcasts I want to record, I want to make sure it's stuff that's relevant to you and things that you're interested in. So shoot me an email, let me know, or you can always send me a direct message on Twitter as well at, at chrisfaulkner, no space. And hope you're doing well. Talk to you later. Bye.